listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B. And this is episode number 43, The Real Problem. Well, hello, hello, Killer Bees. How are you today? Do you have a problem? (laughs) I know that's a weird thing to say, right? But you guys, welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast, where we talk about fitness matters that matter to you. And this one, of course, it matters because, because you know what? I know that we all have problems. This is something that I have been wanting to talk to you about for quite some time. And I recently had, I recently had a huge epiphany about our problems that I've been wanting to put into words and, and finally sat down with myself and just said, okay, how can I explain this in a way that makes sense? And I want you to know that this podcast may or may not make sense. We are peeling back so many layers of the onion today that I'm a little concerned with all of the different layers and how we might get lost in them, as sometimes happens when we talk about these fitness mindset matters. But let's talk about problems, first of all. Let me just let me just start where we're going to start with problems. You guys, I know you have problems because you tell me your problems. And I want to be super, super, super clear that when we're talking about problems today, that I, I, liber- I literally ask you to share your problems with me. Every single Friday in the Killer Beehive, which is my super private, very interactive and ridiculously supportive Facebook group, that there is a link in the description or the show notes or wherever you're watching or listening, there is a way to join the Killer Beehive. Totally free, totally fun, etc. Every single Friday, I host an Ask Me Anything, a Q&A Friday, which by the way, just randomly, also has its own podcast. So even if you don't like Facebook and don't want to join Facebook, that's totally fine. You can get all of the goodness out of the Q&A Friday by simply searching on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this podcast on. Search for Q&A Friday. There's no spaces between the Q, the plus, and the A. There will be a link in the show notes, the description box to... um, it does not have a YouTube channel. So I'll link you to um, SoundCloud, which is where it's hosted. And then you can find it anywhere you want to. Anyway, wow, I'm still on this first point. <laughs> Every single Friday, I host a Q&A where I ask you, I literally, legitimately ask you to tell me your problems so that I can help you solve them. So I'm privy to a lot of your problems. You guys share them with me generously, kindly. And when I answer them, I'm trying to answer them in a way that can actually be helpful to the most people. It's why I host a Q&A Friday, because I know that sometimes... I know that sometimes you think you have a really specific and personal problem, but it's very, very much like other people's also very specific and personal problems. And therefore, sometimes when I answer one person, it can actually answer a lot of people's questions. But I also want to be just really, really clear that that when I am talking about kind of specific problems today, I'm not... I'm not trying to make an example of you if I happen to read out a problem that you have mentioned to me. I don't mean it in a way that's meant to be like embarrassing or or pointing something out about you in any manner. Again, I am answering this this issue, this topic in a way that I think is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. And it's not it's not about one problem and it's not about your personal problem. It's really about the problem of problems. <laughs> and, and I'm going to explain this better. 
When you guys tell me you have a problem, there's almost always two layers to it. Every once in a while, you guys will throw me like a, what I consider a softball, where you're actually asking me a really practical question. You know, like how many calories are in an apple? Like, like something that has a very factual, simple, honestly, you could probably have Googled it kind of question. And and every once in a while, it's really, really, really simple and straightforward. But honestly, like 99.9% .9 of the time, your questions, your problems have both a practical element to them and also a mindset element to them. And sometimes you guys will, will present me with problems like, uh, here, I am going to read a list of, of things that I curated from both my YouTube channel and The Killer Beehive. So my problem is that I have a hard time tracking calories. Or my problem is that my husband isn't interested in eating healthy. Or my problem is that I don't like to work out, which is honestly one that I almost never hear. <laughs> like, like I hear that one so rarely. I am a fitness channel. I have workouts. I rarely hear you guys saying that you don't like to work out. What I hear far more often is that you either have a hard time being consistent or that you just can't wrap your mind around being moderate. I, In fact, I hear that one literally every single day. So my problem is that I just can't be moderate. <laughs> That's a much better one. My problem is that my life is super stressful and I can't make time for myself. Or my problem is that I just can't make myself be consistent with eating and exercise. Generally speaking, I mean, I'm sure you noticed a lot of these are kind of like weight loss problems. You guys, we all have, we all have different kinds of problems in our lives. Most of my examples tend to be about weight loss simply because that is something that I hear about a lot and I know that a lot of you have it on your mind also. I want you to know that this information that we're talking about today is super applicable no matter what your problem is. This could be applicable to your job. This could be applicable to your relationships. This could be applicable to any other goal you have, running a marathon, writing a book, whatever, like literally whatever. The problem when we have a problem is that we think about it as a problem and we think about it in a way that the problem becomes a fact in our mind. And I'm going to refer you, of course, to the episode where we talked about facts versus opinions, because that is really foundational. But I'm also going to explain to you that when we say something to ourselves again and again and again, it becomes very truthy, very believable. And then we start to approach it as though it is just that, a fact. Instead, though, these problems that we have are actually opinions. They are thoughts that we are having about our circumstances that have become so, so truthful to us that we can't see our way around them. We can't see them as opinions. That's why we think that they're a problem. I actually had a problem of my own somewhat recently that I did talk about several times actually in the Q&A Friday. <laughs> And it was, it was very eye-opening for me. We talked about it a little bit last week, and I'm going to go into it a little bit more depth here today. When I was losing weight just recently, I started losing weight on uh, the 1st of March. Um, ironically, and not ironically, but interestingly, right before this whole COVID thing hit, I had just finished running my last ultra marathon. 
and I had I had decided that I really I had some time. I wanted to recover from running such long distances, and I really wanted to take my time this year to focus on shorter distances and losing weight and really taking care of myself in a way that I always take care of myself, but in a way that I hadn't. Really focusing on moderation in a way that I've been telling you guys to do, but haven't always successfully done for myself. So I really wanted to wanted to rest and relax a little bit. And while I was resting and relaxing, I mean, obviously since I was moderating, it was a great time to lose some weight. So I had a couple pounds to lose, started losing weight, lost weight relatively quickly and got down to the weight that I was when my sister died. Now, here's the thing. I had been this weight for years and years and years, or this weight and less, for years and years and years. It's a weight that I consider completely normal. And then last year, in fact, Um, almost exactly a year ago, I had also lost some weight. I have a podcast about that too, about how I lost weight at age 49 during menopause. And I talked about this exact thing during that podcast also, about how I got down to the weight that I was when my sister died and immediately had the thought, that's the weight that I was when Vicky died. And in fact, in that podcast, I cry and I talk about how, how, painful that thought was for me, how that felt like a problem for me to to weigh something that I wanted to weigh that I equated in my mind with my sister dying. And so at the time, a year ago, at the time, I totally heard the thought because I said it out loud to my husband. I said, oh my gosh, I haven't been this weight since Vicky died. And then I immediately gained weight right afterward, like, like put on two pounds within a couple of days and was like, okay, you know, this is a problem. Let's go ahead and work through this. So... So this time, like I said, so then after I had lost the weight and I had actually broken through that barrier, then I went back to doing everything that I had been doing before I lost weight of running too much, exercising too much, stressing out too much, not eating enough, not really, well, I was still sleeping enough. It was okay, but not drinking enough water. Like I was doing all the things that had caused me to gain weight in the first place again. So needless to say, I gained weight again. So I've had to lose those, those same eight pounds again this year. And this time it really does feel permanent. I really, truly feel at this point that I have embraced moderation. But here's what happened. I got back down to that weight again, where it was the weight that I was when my sister died. And I thought to myself, oh, I remember when I was here, you know, six months ago, that this was a problem for me. So I wonder what's going to happen this time. And I felt like I was genuinely curious about it. I felt like I was very open, very interested in it stopped, absolutely came to a screeching halt right at that number. I got down to it really easily. It wasn't difficult to get to the number, but I bounced that number and like one or two pounds higher for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and and then more weeks. So so I was bouncing around the number and I, I felt very calm about it. I really did. I knew that it was going to be a problem because it had already been a problem. So therefore I knew when I saw this number again, you know, when I was at that number, I was like, oh, okay. So here's the problem. This is the weight that I was when Vicky died. And I have some work to do here. I have, I have some thinking to do about what this means to be this weight. So I, I simultaneously felt like it was a problem and also felt like it wasn't a problem because 
I felt very calm about it. I knew that what was going on here was something that I had thought before, something that I needed to work through. This was going to be totally fine. I spent those weeks that I was bouncing around that number and slightly higher thinking and journaling and putting in the work, letting myself feel all the feels. How does this, how does this feel to me? What does this mean to me? And I, I mean, I, I'm not going to share with you today because it's not entirely the point, but I could share with you that I have just pages and pages and pages of journal work about what it means to be happy after my sister died, what it means to achieve success without my sister, what it means to me to, to be thin, to do something that I want to do, to feel satisfied with myself, to feel happy with my life, to feel like I have moved on and to feel like I have come to a milestone and then broken through the milestone without her. And kind of because of her and kind of in spite of her, like all of the different things, just journaling and really being open, really feeling a whole lot of feels, as you can imagine. I'm actually holding it together really nicely right now talking about this, but there was lots of crying, lots of, lots of deep feeling work while I was going through this. And, and I felt like I was going through it and it was really helpful. I felt like, I felt like I was making progress. I, I was uncovering all kinds of thoughts. I had no idea I was thinking. I, I felt, again, really calm, really proud of the work that I was putting in and happy with the, the progress that I was making on my mindset about weighing what I want to weigh and being successful and all this kind of stuff. And yet the scale didn't move. <laughs> it was really interesting to me. And that was, again, another layer where I was really fascinated by that, by that, by, I was like, okay, so I'm even, I'm putting in the work on this problem, but it's still apparently a problem. So this is very interesting. What is the problem that I'm having that is, that is causing the scale to still not move? So there was, there was that second layer of being really curious about the process of working through the problem. Like, am I actually uncovering all of my thoughts? And I wonder if there's something else that's going on here. So I got really kind of into that second layer of the onion where I was thinking about the process of solving the problem. And it was fascinating to me. I did lots more journaling. I did lots more thinking, not as much crying. That to me was much more academic. It was very curious. I was paying attention to myself, paying attention to myself, if that makes sense. I was observing myself, observing my thoughts and feelings about the thoughts and the feelings that I was having about my sister and my weight and success. I know we're going deep down in the rabbit hole, you guys keep on following me. So then still wasn't moving the scale, even though I had felt like I was having all kinds of resolution about the problem in my mind, felt like I was curious about how I was solving the problem. And then, and then I had one more thought, the third layer of the onion. What if this problem isn't actually a problem? What if trying to solve the problem actually became 
the new problem. I'm going to give you a second to think about that. Because what I had done is I had kept myself busy trying to solve this problem of my weight. No matter how many doors I went through, the problem was still my weight. And that wasn't a problem at all. I had had lots of epiphanies. I had had lots of curiosity. I had had lots of resolution. The problem was that I was still trying to solve this problem. And when I realized that, I let it go as a problem. It wasn't a problem at all. And as soon as it wasn't a problem, it literally, physically wasn't a problem. Boom. The next day, got below the weight that I was looking at. Boom. Within a couple days of that, got even lower. Boom. Within a couple of days of that, hit the weight that I had been looking for for, well, at that point, like three and a half years, or not even three years. No. Yeah, two and a half years. What if your real problem is having a problem? I know, I know that that's going to take a while. So let's go ahead and come back to some practical stuff here. When you tell me something like my problem is that I have a hard time tracking calories, I want you to actually put in the work there. Why is that a problem? When you say you have a hard time, what do you mean? Like physically, practically, on a very day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, what do you mean you have a hard time? Because from a truly practical standpoint, it's not difficult. You can Google the food. You can look it up in your app. You can read the label. You can do the math. You, If you're making a casserole, you add up all of the calories and then you divide it by how many portions you're going to get out of it. And that's how many calories are in your portion. Like there are very practical ways to answer this question. But even knowing that, sometimes you will still feel as though you have a hard time tracking calories. So I want you to put in the actual work of what you're telling yourself is the problem. Why is that hard? What feels difficult about it? What feels scary to you? Make a list of all the reasons why you feel like it's a problem. Answer them all out. Carry them all to their worst case scenario. What if I'm wrong? What if I don't get results? The actual, the real root of almost everything that we think of as a problem comes down to some of our most basic feelings. And here's where I'm actually, if you have the time and the inclination, I'm going to refer you to even more podcasts. This one specifically about facing your fears, but you also might really like the podcast feelings because both of them talk about when we when we have like a, basically a fear of the unknown or a, a something that we think of as a barrier, as a problem, oftentimes we're simply holding ourselves back because we are afraid of either the unknown or an unpleasant emotion. In the case of I have a hard time tracking my calories, maybe there's the unpleasant emotion of embarrassment at what you are eating reluctance to take responsibility for what you're doing in your life. There's, there's a lot of different reasons why 
tracking your calories might feel hard. Get really honest with yourself about what that is. What is it that you are afraid of? What is it that you are resisting feeling? Embarrassment? Shame? Fear? There's all kinds of there's all kinds of yuckiness that might come up with this. So so be okay with that. Digging into your problem does not feel good. I just I want to be straight up with you here. The reason that we say something like, "Oh, my problem is this," and then we just leave it at that is because what's underneath that problem doesn't feel good. It's facing ourselves. It's facing our embarrassment and our old memories and our old thoughts and uncovering things that we think about ourselves. It's there's a lot of uncovering that needs to be done that that feels kind of yucky in the moment, but uh, spoiler alert for if you do happen to go listen to the Facing Your Fears podcast, the only thing at the end of that road is the unpleasant feeling. There's no, there's no actual tracking calories police that are going to come and arrest you and put you in front of the firing squad. There's no physical threat to your well-being. It's only ever a feeling that's waiting for you underneath these problems. So step one is to do the uncovering. Do the work. Why is this a problem? Why does this feel like a problem for you? Journal about it. Get real with yourself. Feel the actual feelings, embarrassment, shame, fear, worry, etc. Feel your feelings. But then, and I know I'm kind of skipping ahead, I'm pretending like that part's going to be super easy. I've already told you, in my case, it was several months. In in the case of other problems that I have had, I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times. I can't even refer you to a specific podcast. The reason that I came to self-improvement work at all was because I had a problem making money. I had a problem being successful while working for myself. And I searched and searched and searched for all of the reasons why this was a problem and what could I do. And I had practical answers such as, you know, putting out good content, but I had, I had mindset answers such as believing that I was putting out good content. And then I, I uncovered it all. And finally, after years of work, was I able to lay that to the side and say, oh my goodness, I don't have a problem making money at all. I don't have a problem being successful at all. This is this is what the process was for the first real thing that I tried to tackle. It was years of digging and uncovering and releasing before it was not a problem for me. In the case of my weight, because I had gone through this process before, I knew a little bit more about how to I'm not going to say fast track it, but I understood the process, the actual practical process. You literally take out a piece of paper, you write down your thoughts, and then you go through them again and you feel the feelings that those thoughts bring up. Like that's the brass tacks of it. And I actually am going to have an entire podcast about journaling. I know I promised you that last week too, and it's coming soon. But the brass tacks of it, the actual practical day to day where you confront your your thoughts and expose them for what they are and feel the feelings that are underneath them and then release them and let them go. That came faster to me 
in terms of my weight loss because I had gone through it with money and business success. With money and business success, it was years. I'm going to say that I have been on that journey for somewhere in the neighborhood of four years. Uh, that's a round number. I honestly, I couldn't, I could look it up. In fact, maybe I will one of these days is look that up and, and find out exactly what day. Cause I know, I know when I really started, I, I started by buying a really particular book and I can probably go back and find the purchase date on it. So that journey took me years. The one with my weight loss took me months. So I mean this very, very nicely this might take you some time. This this is not a fast process. This is a process that's going to take practice. It's going to take willingness to uncover. It's going to take willingness to feel your feelings. But here's the great news. Technically speaking, it's two steps. Step one, uncover the reasons why it is a problem. And then step two, let go of the idea of having a problem. And I want you to consider step two just a little bit longer. Since we're here, I know I'm skipping ahead for lots of you. Lots of you have a lot of work to do on step one. The uncovering, it's truly in its own way, it is lifelong work. It really, really is. It is something that I am going to continue to do, not necessarily in the same way and not necessarily for the same things, but uncovering the thoughts you are thinking, exposing them and feeling the feelings is lifelong work. There's there's no end to that. It is part of your mental health. Every day is a new opportunity to know yourself a little bit better and to kind of understand your own brain a little bit better. But the step two, letting go of the idea of having a problem, it is, it is its own different world. We get really attached to thinking of ourselves as a person with a problem. I was really attached to being the girl who couldn't make money. I was really attached to being the girl who could get down to the weight that she was when her sister died, but then not really below that because, because I had been for a while. Letting go of that means that I had to see myself in a really different way. It means that I had to see myself as a person who did not have that problem. It's a different world when you don't have that problem anymore. And here's the thing. It's fabulous over here. (laughs) I cannot say enough nice things about how it feels to be successful and to feel really happy and satisfied with that success. I had been successful before, but held myself down because I felt like I had to have a problem. Like, oh, it's okay if I make some money. It's okay if I even make, you know, a living wage. I'm making pretty good money, but I have a problem making money. Nope. I don't have a problem making money at all. I don't have a problem being successful at all. I've got this. That is a different person than I used to be a couple of months ago. When you don't have 
your problem anymore, whatever that problem is. And I'm going to be really clear. It's not because the problem itself might go away. It's not because all of a sudden it's going to be easy to track calories. It's not because your husband is suddenly going to be totally on board with eating healthfully. It's not because suddenly you're always, always going to love working out. It's not because those problems don't exist. I still think thoughts like, what does this mean to be happy when my sister is dead? Totally comes up for me on a daily basis. The problem doesn't go away. You simply stop identifying it as a problem. That thought can come to me all day, every day, that I'm a terrible person for being happy when Vicky is dead. All day, every day, I will remind myself that that's not actually a problem. I'm not actually a terrible person because I've done all the work on that. And thinking that thought does not have to stop me from being happy and successful and having what I want. The problem doesn't go away. It stops being a problem. How many layers of the onion was that, you guys? <laughs> I think it was three. Three was what I counted. You might find more. You might, you might, when you start digging into this onion, you might uncover layer after layer after layer of what's a problem and what's not a problem and what you think is a problem and the problems that you have with what you think and what you feel and then letting go of it all. I'm going to encourage you, though, to get to that step two, letting go of the idea of having a problem. This is good work, you guys. This is tough stuff, but you're tougher and it's worth it. I know that this is going to bring up questions. It always does. Please feel free to ask them. I was thinking about this really recently. It takes me a couple of days when you guys leave comments on YouTube specifically I, I want to, for whatever reason, I feel like I need, no, in fact, I know why I, I want to explain myself to you. It, on my app, my main YouTube channel is the Paula B Fitness channel. It is not difficult at all to switch between the Paula B Fitness channel and the Fitness Matters podcast YouTube channel. And yet... I get very busy on the Paula B Fitness channel. I answer lots of questions. I have lots of comments. I'm looking at stats, etc. I get, excuse me, I get to a point where I feel like I've spent enough time on my phone and enough time answering comments and questions. And then I simply forget and or don't make time because it turns out to not be a priority for me sometimes to simply switch over to the other profile and answer your comments and questions on the Fitness Matters profile. I want you to know that I read the comments. It just frequently takes me a while to answer them. So please feel free to leave a comment and don't take it personally when it takes me a while to answer you. It's not you. It's me. You guys, I do hope that this was really helpful for you today. I always hope that it's helpful for you. And if you'd like to leave a comment or if you'd like to come over to the Killer Beehive, because frankly, that's where I answer questions and comments much more frequently, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Mm -hmm.